Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. So we're up here at your camp, camp doggy style. Yes, sir. Potter County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so, introduce yourself. Uh, Ryan Slegel, live in PA, York. Uh, try to act like I know what I'm doing playing with dogs <laughs> every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, basically it. Tried to do some bobcat hunting today. We did. We gave it an honest effort. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Uh, I think it was a success. We found a, a track, you know, for what we're able to do here in PA. Yeah. Uh, the snow conditions we had were pretty awesome, other than mm-hmm. a lot of the roads were a little too much snow. And for a bunch of coon dogs and bear dogs, you know, can't really expect too much. No, no, not at all. You get them, what, we get three weeks a year to do this, so mm-hmm. all we can do is have some fun and try to do that. Definitely yeah. did that. Whether, uh, Unfortunately, no, not very successful on the running a cat part, but oh well. No, I think we ran it faster than our dogs, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. it was a nice track, though. It was a real nice track. And there was actually two. Yeah, I was gonna say what? What about the other one? <laughs> two cat tracks right together. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was kind of an un, unforeseen surprise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, especially that's. The only track we saw too. I mean, well, everything else we saw some old, you Real know, old. couple days yeah. old stuff. But yeah, but we covered quite a bit of miles today. I think for mm-hmm. what we could do, and just the way it goes, it's all fun. Yeah, it was awesome having you up. Now you, uh, you've been running the last couple weekends, haven't you? Yeah. So our season started January eighth, and I've been January eighth. We had um, a fair snow, maybe four inches, and then. Sunday we can't hunt on Sundays, and Sunday it uh, rained and iced over real bad, and the snow was gone for the following weekend. So I didn't hunt that weekend. Well, how about we we talk about your first weekend, the first Saturday? Uh, no, you want opener? <laughs> Do I really gotta bring up that train wreck? Is we'll call it. Uh, apparently, my dog liked the bobcat a little more. I mean, a porcupine a little more than he liked himself a bobcat, and it resulted in twenty staples and some surgery work to get. A lot of quills out of him. So that kind of ruined the day. <laughs> well, luckily, the local vet took care of you. Yeah, he's nice to nice to know somebody around to help you out. And It's always cool when a vet just gives you his number and says, here, text me if you need anything. Yeah, definitely, especially when you're out here yeah, in porcupine country. Porcupine country, middle of nowhere. We're, what, two hours from an actual bigger city where they yeah. have an emergency vet, so... It was kind of a relief, so shout out to that guy for sure. Definitely. So how'd you do it after that? So after that, we left the vet. That was kind of most half the day. Screwed around a little bit, didn't really do anything. Actually, that morning we found an old track that would have been probably from the day before. Had some snow in it. Tried to run that track. Of course, they didn't want much to do with it. So that was that day, and then, like I said, the next day we got a bunch of rain and uh, melted all of our snow off and we didn't have any snow the following week because I, I can't come up till Friday nights. Mm-hmm. So that weekend was, was kind of shot. Then last weekend, I guess it would have been, which would have been January, what? 
first, second, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I came up actually. Whatever week ago was. Yeah, actually, I came up on uh, Wednesday that day, that weekend. Hunted Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, ran around and did what we could do. Didn't find any tracks. Kind of just rounded out the best I could, and it got down to like negative ten on Friday, and then eighteen below Saturday. So I kind of. I didn't want to be out there, and I don't know that my dogs really wanted to be out there, so I was like... Well, that's not super typical for us. Especially, no, we live in no. southern PA. Yes. So, we, you know, you're driving north. and Right. So, we're like three and a half hours north, 180 miles north of where we live, and, yep. you know, typically, what do we see this also, time of year? We're we're flat ground, lower <laughs> elevation, and you move up here to the mountains here. Correct. Going north plus higher elevation. Correct. Yeah, so... um. Yeah, so that was kind of that weekend. So actually, all in all, I guess my season's not really been that bright. Well, you said we've got a three and a half week season, season or something yeah. like that, and you've gotten to hunt five days of it. Right. Yeah. So, so basically, you can't expect too much from dogs when you nah, run five days out of a year. No, you can't make a bobcat dog in five <laughs> days. That's for sure. Yeah. And you and you're lucky to cut a one track in what we run today, two hundred miles probably 180 miles of yeah on the truck and to cut you know one track and that's pretty typical up here i believe Mm -hmm. in this country where we hunt so you can't make a a bobcat dog but we can sure have fun and try it you know i don't think there's too many people that run bobcats exclusively in pa no i think that uh i think most guys are you know fox coyote hunters or coon hunters that yeah just incidentally you know, either out hunting and run and happen to run one, or you know, like yeah. like me, you know, and you bringing our dogs out here and giving it a try. It a go, yeah, and, just giving an honest try. So I would have to say that today there was probably less than fifty of us in this state probably actually targeting bobcats with dogs. I would probably yeah. put a bet on that. Probably not that many. Yeah, yet. it's so. But it was all in all, it was real fun. So that was kind of bobcat season <laughs> thus far. So uh, and you got. Yeah. It goes out midweek. Yes, yeah, I think it Wednesday maybe, is it? Yeah. February 1st or 2nd. Okay, yeah, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere around somewhere. there, yeah. But uh, I won't won't be able to partake in any more days this season. Yeah. So, um, it was fun, you know, all in all. You can <laughs> give it a give it an honest try, I think. Probably be cool to, like, maybe take my dogs up to Maine for a couple weeks maybe next season and, and try to get some get some bobcats to them or at least give it more of an honest try where there's more of a population and a longer season and maybe some better conditions and more, you know, more, um, Mm -hmm. often as, as compared to here, we're kind of limited to, you know, snow for sure. And you don't always know when we're going to have snow around here. Yeah. Last two years have been real spotty. Oh, it's been horrible. Really? Uh, last year I came up and tried, uh two days and that was basically all i had for conditions actually in last year it was too much snow it was like two feet up on top of the mountains it was if you had a snowmobile you'd be fine but Mm -hmm. us in the truck you know you couldn't get around to do anything and you know uh down here in the lower country it's all hard road and kind of really tough to tough to hunt it really and 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 a lot of the lower ground is private as well. and it's a lot of private ground correct yeah i mean we have thousands of acres or acres of state forest here but um mostly the the tops yeah and and of course you know the tops are 
kind of blown shut for us last year. So uh, that was my first two years. At, that last year and this year were the first two years I kind of gave it a go at mm -hmm. Bobcats. But I mean, I've been buying a tag for the last few years, wanting to come up here and yeah, you know, it's it's six bucks for a tag, so it's like yeah, it's it, nothing. So okay, I buy the tag. If I get up, I get up. Whatever. Right. Yeah. But, uh, oh, we spend so, six dollars on dumber stuff a year, right? Yeah. Don't we? And then you know, if I don't use it. Whatever. Yeah. It's conservation, so that's kind of out. kind of where I've been with it myself, and how it gets gets me a good reason to come up here. And like, I got you up here, which was tremendous. You know, like yeah. And I meet a lot of people up here because everybody up here in Potter County and the northern Pennsylvania, they all associate dogs and a box on a truck with coyote dogs yep. so every place i go in like oh do you have you have coyote dogs there is that what you're doing i'm like no nah, i try to run bobcats a keyword <laughs> yeah and they're like oh you can hunt bobcats with dogs yeah, like, we got we that today, just lunchtime got today, today at the store right we stopped to get, yeah. grab some sandwiches for lunch and the guy's like you can run bobcats yes yeah, like really he was completely baffled by it and uh so yeah, it's it's kind of fun and it's kind of neat to interact with the, the people at gas stations or at little mm -hmm. places to stop and get food, and they're asking all kinds of questions because they're really interested in it. And yeah, it helps promote the dogs, I think, which is a good thing oh, for yeah, our state or any state, really. Yeah, uh, we're not a super big hound state. I mean, there's there's a fair amount of houndsmen in Pennsylvania. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a common practice like it is throughout the South or out out west, where it's like. I don't know, more common to see a dog box. Right. Especially, like, we both hunt Virginia, West Virginia, and it's like, you go down there and you see dog boxes everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Like, I, I was telling you, like, I took my dad down to Virginia to pick up a dog box, and he was just, like, floored with all the houndsmen we were seeing just in this little area where we were going to get this box. And I was like, well, Dad, this is kind of the way it is when you get down <laughs> yeah. here. Yep. So, but it's We're, cool to see it growing a little bit in our state, I think. And mm -hmm. I think a lot with the coyote hunters up here, like here in a few weeks, um, up in northern PA, we have a lot of uh, big coyote hunt, hunting competition. And um, yeah, the big one know, is Mosquito Creek. Mosquito Creek, yeah. And that thing pays like 7000 or so for the biggest dog, I think. It's, it's something. It's, it's ungodly, really, for coyote hunting and I mean, the uh, guy last year when he donated it i believe he did to the club which was great for the club and i think some of that might go to the fire company it went to some some hospital fire company something some benefit type yeah thing. and i don't yeah so i say don't um, quote me on that but i think it was something of that nature which is so awesome you know yeah to see hunters giving back to the community and which is great and and like i said the the hound hunting is getting bigger in our state as far as for these coyote competitions or yeah. hunts they get you know the hounds are are way more effective than just still hunting. Yep. And uh, that's even a guy down our way, um, who's a big time caller. And like I, I was telling you, I think he last year he killed over twenty coyotes down in our our neck of the woods, which is a fair amount of coyotes. That's crazy to me. We don't have them super thick. They're they're starting to get worse, but they're not real thick. And uh, so for our neck of the woods, that's that's doing something. Yeah, and, uh, that's uh, that's that's. But he even said he's like, awesome. he goes, hound guys kill the competitions. He's like. Callers don't even hold a candle. He goes as far as these competitions. He's like, as far as just bringing coyotes in to even get weighed. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I think it would be awesome to go do that one day. Yeah, but I don't know that I'm ready to throw my dogs into that. I'd probably be a little bit upset with them <laughs> at the end of the day if they're running coyotes. No, I know what you mean. Um, 
Because no. I'd get in trouble down home if I happen. And the one told you the one farm I hunt has a couple coyotes. Uh, they come in on me last year, so that's the last thing I need. I'm out here coon hunting. <laughs> yeah. My dogs take off on some coyotes. And in our country down there, yeah, there's roads and housing developments and everything oh, else. Yeah. Like that would not be a good thing for. Wouldn't fly. No, not at all. So yeah. So how did you get into these hound dogs? I mean. You've not been in it that long. It's what, five years, five, six years, something like that? Yeah, I think about five years now. Um, as I told you, I, like, I kind of, I've always been a hunter my whole life. My, I grew up in a hunting family and like through great grandfathers, everybody, like my whole entire family has been coming north to hunt. And that's been a big family tradition, which a lot of it is in our state, you know, mm-hmm. and um, we, all hunted and my great uncle had some beagles when i was a young boy i was maybe like eight nine years old i wasn't old enough to hunt yet we have to be 12 in pennsylvania and he took me uh rabbit hunting a few times and i kind of liked it and it was it was really enjoyable and then uh, i always kind of liked the idea of hunting with dogs and i like dogs so my now ex-wife adopted a a redbone male and uh a mutual friend of Ben and I's um, kind of knew a, a farmer friend of mine, and he uh, was hunting his property and, you know, invited me along one night. And I was like, well, this is really cool. I got to see a coon <laughs> in a tree, and this is yeah. kind of neat. And I was like, one of the things that kind of gets in your blood real, real, real fast. Yes, it does. And I was like, well, I think I want to do this coon hunting type stuff. And I bought myself a Garmin and built myself a little box for the back of my truck and <laughs> thought, well, you know, now I'm a, now I'm a coon hunter. And <laughs> I don't know, it was quite a while until I actually treat a, a coon with my own dog. And, but I, I really worked at it and Wade helped me and we pecked along at it. And, uh, I guess I went, I always liked the idea of killing a mountain lion. I always thought that's like the coolest thing ever is to kill a mountain lion. Yeah. So I booked a hunt out. Well, and, and you'd, been on a lot of western hunts already so yes i've been out west elk hunting and and deer hunting a lot and stuff and i just always thought it would be the coolest thing is to to get a mountain lion so uh i went to the you know the harrisburg sportsman show that big Mm -hmm. the big show and um next week yeah it is next week and i booked a hunt with boulder creek outfitters and went out there and uh the first time i've ever been you know to idaho hunting and first time i ever hunted with big game hounds and um we just kind of had some terrible luck with weather and things like that i mean it was snowing and blowing and just not good yeah and uh the 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 guys there they gave it their all but i realized i was addicted like i was like (laughs) this is awesome like this big game thing is like this is where it's at like coons are cool and i i still do it to this day and and i love it but this big game thing like i'm addicted i didn't even get to chase nothing and i'm still addicted yep so i ended up buying a pup out there from the houndsman out there and flew this pup home with me and i call her ruby and um she uh is actually laying there on the couch because she became (laughs) a house dog due to my uh marriage situation (laughs) and i tried to you know, get Ruby to hunt with my other dog I called Red, which everybody that has a red bone probably called their dog Red at one time. <laughs> There's uh, been quite a few. Red, Dan, yeah, Dan. Dan. One, of, one of those three names. Yeah, that's where it <laughs> you was. You earned a red bone. You've had one of those. <laughs> yeah. You uh, 
if you watch where the red fern grows and were addicted to it like I was, you wanted a red dog, and yep. that's where this all ended up. So I come home with this ruby dog, and she's a puppy, and I'm like, all right, now what do you kind of do? So I trapped some raccoons and started training these dogs on raccoons a little bit and, and continuing hunting with my friend Wade and um, kind of went from there. And then the, the following year, I um, went back out to Boulder Creek again for another lion hunt, and uh, we had much better success. I ended up getting a bobcat and, and then ended up getting a lion. And I was like, this is, this is just phenomenal. So that really got my wheels turning to want to do like big game more so than coon hunting. You've been to Boulder Creek twice? Yes, I have. So yeah. that's the time that you met Brian? That is the time I met Brian. So, yeah. if you've listened to my podcast on the W Hound podcast before, I uh, interviewed Brian Messersmith, who I knew from when he stayed in PA for a couple months with his in-laws, and then you turned around and you went to Idaho and met Brian. Yeah, I did. I with him out there. And I don't know how we ended up knowing that we each knew him. I think he was like telling me about uh, him living in Pennsylvania. He, he unfortunately got hurt in the military and... Um, he was living with his wife's family in Pennsylvania here. And I don't know how we ended up getting on the subject and knew that he knew you. And yeah. it was just kind of a small world situation. And, yep. But um, yes, is. so that's, you know, I ended up out there and had a lot of fun with those guys. Some really good houndsmen. I met, yeah. uh, met and learned a lot from, you know, from them guys. Like yeah. Joey is the other houndsman I hunted with and just very, very good houndsman and, and taught me a lot which was you know that as a young houndsman yeah. which i i mean we both are kind of mm-hmm. youngish compared to a lot of guys we're and not so we weren't born generational hunters right with, so we're, we're figuring it out on our own or you know through the help of others but not like we grew up in it like some guys yeah for sure and so that was a cool experience and um i came home and i was like they're telling me out west that you got to do bear hunting it's way better than cat hunting it's not cold it's not you know, not as miserable. It's way more fun. I was like, <laughs> oh, I think I want to do me some bear hunting with these dogs. So yeah. I uh, got on Facebook and just Google search or Facebook and Google searching houndsmen in uh, Virginia, West Virginia and North Carolina, thinking that, you know, I'd go on an outfitted hunt with somebody down there yeah. and um, ended up coming across the guy named Mason Smith in Virginia. And I messaged Mason, and he says, yeah, you know, you're more than welcome to come down and hunt with me. He said, I'm not a guide. I can't charge you, but I would love to have you come down. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was. And I've experienced the same thing, you know. Houndsman, if you you show an interest and you show you're a good person and you talk to them a little bit to make sure, you know, a lot of guys are kind of suspicious at first, but you talk to them a little bit and they know you're legit and you're a good guy, they invite you down. Yeah, I've, I've like been family. I've been invited all over um, West Virginia and Virginia, and I, like I was telling you, I've, I want multiple different groups of people, which makes it a pain because it's like you want to go hunt with everybody, and right, you know, it doesn't yeah. allow for it. But work and uh, family situations don't always allow it. Yeah, but, but yeah, I've, same kind of situation is like get taken in and let you, you know, they let you stay at your, their house and treat you like family. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the I've been very fortunate in that way with with meeting him and, and a bunch of his friends down there. I mean, 
my, they just invite you in like it's family. You you call them and say, hey, I would like to come, maybe come down. And, well, you know you're welcome. Just yeah. where are you at? Why are you not here? And yeah. type of thing. So, but, uh, yeah, I went down with him. And fortunately, the first morning I ever hunted bears with dogs, right at daylight we had one in a tree. And <laughs> uh, I harvested my first bear under a dog. Me and you both uh, were talking earlier. We both got super lucky our first bear hunt. Yeah, <laughs> with definitely. An, with an easy with an easy bear just a pop-up bear and and now looking back like that doesn't happen like <laughs> yeah. i just got spoiled and ruined at the same time i think mm-hmm. the addiction it makes the addiction stronger you know yep. so uh yeah just kind of hunted with mason there a bit and had these two dogs of mine and then uh unfortunately went through a divorce and and my ex-wife had taken the red dog of mine and uh, I needed another dog. I, I had this young pup, and I needed a dog. So I uh, looked around on Facebook and everything else, and I was really, really leery about buying a dog off of Facebook because of hearing the horror stories and everything yep. else. So I ended up uh, messaging a guy who messaged me on there and messaging him back and forth and back and forth. And he was actually a really good, honest dude, and he sold me a... Uh, a four-year-old walker dog that he called ranger and uh I, I bought him and got him hauled up here and the first night i went out hunting with ranger i realized what a real coon dog is <laughs> and not that that's always a good thing because he made me walk what red red wasn't a real coon dog? no red wasn't a real coon dog red was a house dog that <laughs> i like the idea of him hunting coons is think is what that was <laughs> so then i realized what a, a real hound dog is really you know and um because you went and got one of those competition bred go yonder walker dogs i definitely did get me one of those <laughs> go yonder walker dogs when uh the gps went came up treed at 1.1 i was like oh my gosh this is a lot of walking <laughs> i was like oh okay so further than the 300 yards red was it yeah the 300 <laughs> yards red was gone no uh, that's if he didn't come back to me halfway and get lucky <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of where I really got to have more and more interest into hounds, I guess, is yeah. this dog showed me what a hound dog is kind of supposed to be yep. as far as coon hunting, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's by no way a, a bear dog. He was a, he was a coon dog. And um, I thought, man, this is, this is really cool. So um, I hunted him for a while. So and then you did what every houndsman does. And you went and got a bunch more. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. I <laughs> hunted him for a while, and through misfortune, he climbed a tree and uh, fell and had had to have his leg taken off. And I was like, well, now what do I do? Like, now I need more dogs. So I went and bought another dog, and, and she kind of didn't pan out too well, uh, kind of got bamboozled a little, and then I went then mason calls me you know shortly after and he says hey i know this guy in west virginia he's got two good walker dogs younger walker dogs i hunted with them they're 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 bear dogs yeah he's like i think you need them i was like well i think i do too then (laughs) just what what you need yeah right so i was like all right i guess i'm heading to west virginia tomorrow and get these dogs where do you want to go hunting (laughs) and uh yeah, that's basically how I started my little little tiny pack I have of four dogs. There you go. So, and then we've just been plugging away at it 
at it since, you know, for the last few years. And One thing you, you mentioned while we were riding around the truck is uh, how much you leaned on these dogs as you went through, like, the difficult time with your divorce and everything. And I thought that really spoke to, like, you know, most people think, most people outside of hounds think, you know, we're these savage, cruel people. And it's like, your dogs are like your kids, even though you hunt the hair off of them and they still live outside, but, you know. All of them but one. Well, yeah. yeah. Except, if, except if, for Ruby. If you want to call her our hound dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you're exactly right. Um, as everybody knows, everybody goes through some traumatic times in life and some things that will bum you out. And I thought rather than sit around and feel super sorry for myself and pout, why not get out and follow these dogs around? And, and you know, I come home every day, and it, it's a job. You have to feed that dog. You have to water that dog. You have to exercise that dog. You have to hunt that dog. So it was something to get me mm-hmm. through a tough time, and it bonded me with my dogs very, like you said, they became family pets, basically, to me. Like, I am probably a little more softer than most houndsmen with my dogs <laughs> because they got me mm-hmm. through a lot. Yeah. And, yeah, so that was pretty awesome to have something there. And like you say, people think that we're, like, barbaric and just want to get something up a tree and we're bloodthirsty and we're just going to kill it. And it's, you know, you get the, there's no sport in that aspect and everything else, but people don't realize the bond that a houndsman has with his hounds. I mean, mm-hmm, you take that dog from maybe being out of your litter yeah. and watching that thing being born until possibly it dies from a bear or it dies of old age. And you train that dog, you watch that dog run a, a deer <laughs> over the next seven ridges and guess what you got to go get that dog back and you sure don't want that dog for a minute but a couple weeks later it does something great for you like man i'm really awesome that that, like that that dog just did something for me that kind of happened with this one he ran a bear the first time he saw one and then he like he fell out of the race which no big deal happens happens well then he just run around up on top of the mountain and wouldn't wouldn't backtrack himself out wouldn't come to me i'm calling and i had to walk up there and get him like I said, I was super proud of him that he ran this bear, the first bear he ever sees. And then I'm like, I hate you. Yeah. You're going to make me walk like 800 yards up a mountain. Yeah, and look at us. We're not, we're not. The, Neither one of us are. No, we're not mountain types. Yeah. Um, I'm a flatlander and it definitely shows. And, uh, yeah. And like I said, I mean, it wasn't, I don't want to say, it was like 800,000 yards. It wasn't super far, but it's like up the mountain. It, and I'm like, I'm standing down here screaming your name, toning you. I'm like, Get down here, you, you idiot. know I'm here. I'm like, but he was young. He was like 14 months old. He'd never been in the mountains. I'm like, yeah. what do you expect? He was probably scared to death. Like, He's wh- like where am I at? Running in circles. Yeah. He's like, how do I get off this thing? Yeah, no doubt. But, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's like you say. They can piss you off, but they can also make you so happy. Mm-hmm. Like the the first time I ever rigged a bear with my dogs and actually walked it, like, it was the coolest experience of my life. Like, I was like, I can't believe I just did that with my dogs. Yeah. Now, granted, they were dogs that I got that I didn't raise as pups, and they were, you know, they were finished dogs, but they're my dogs, you know, yeah. and and I don't know how to say that and sound stupid, but mm-hmm. they're my dogs, and it yeah. was a really cool feeling, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, and you're going to about to experience all that, hopefully. Um, You know, you're about to hopefully got a litter on the way. Yeah, so. that's what I'm hoping here in about a month. Maybe I should have my own litter started here and, or, you know, on the ground and, and start my own breed or own line of dog, I should say, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about it, really. I mean, I'm actually over the moon about it. 
Definitely. And uh, yeah, it'll be be really interesting. I think it's going to come with a lot of headache, for sure, <laughs> and maybe some weight loss chasing some dogs around. Yep. Like, but I'm excited. It, it's cool. Like, I never got to experience raising a litter of pups or even having a litter of pups, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I really, it's, I really do think. so. I will say, like, so I've only raised two litters of puppies, pound puppies, and uh, I've only kept out of those two litters, I have one. But raising him from birth and into something that runs his own game, trees his own game, it's cool. Um, I don't know. It, it's different. You know, it, it's it's cool to have a puppy or train a puppy and into becoming a you know a good hound. But to know that it was born at my house, you know, I picked him out of the litter, you know, and here he's turned out to be a pretty decent dog. Yeah, that's so cool. Like that's what I'm saying. You grow, you grow this bond with them, right? Yeah, and and that's what's so cool. And I, I think you don't. You were saying like basically about the the hunting, how everybody thinks we're barbaric and things like that. About half. When you do that, the people don't see that. The people on the outside don't see no. that we took this dog as a as a hour old puppy and. You know, yeah. and took care of it from there until yep. it's five years old and it's on top of its game, mm-hmm. like, and it's a tremendous dog. They don't see that part of it. All they see is the social media post that they want to bash on about a, a, yep. a bear in a tree or something and mm-hmm. don't realize that 99% of houndsmen will never shoot that bear out of that tree because it's it's not what's in the cards for us. We like the dogs. We don't necessarily yeah. have to kill the game, you know? Yep. So. It's it's definitely cool. It's really neat. Now, of the guys that I hunt with, I mean, I, I know some of them have, have killed a few bear or whatever, but uh, every hunt I've been on where a bear's been killed, it was not the houndsman. Uh, same for me, actually. Granted, I, I run dogs, but I didn't. And I took a young pup along on my, my bear hunt the first time I went, and, uh, and yeah, I shot the bear. But my dog didn't have anything to do with that tree and that bear, so like he was there. He barked when he got there, but... He walked there with me. Right. That's so. It's not like I, I have I have anything of like claim of oh yeah my dog no my dog wasn't he barked at a bear once he saw it right that's the same I had with my ruby dog like I walked in the tree with us yeah. when I killed my bear and she had nothing to do with it but it was uh just it, it was just an awesome experience you know how it is like anybody yeah. that uh, that hunts bears and sees a bear in the tree for the first time or the thousandth time it's still just something. Yeah. That just gets you amped up inside, and definitely, it's a, it's a definitely a my drug of choice. Yep. No, no, no. We we've talked about it. Pennsylvania, we're not allowed to run bears. So that's why we go south. You got to go either south or you got to go north. You know, we, that's our two options. We're stuck in the middle. Yep. Because New York's got a training season, then the rest not the rest of New England, but you've got New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine that all have seasons, and then you've got Virginia, West Virginia, you know, and on down. So. Like I said, you've got to go north or south one way or the other if you want to run bears. And I, I think that's a common misconception because even we, that's kind of how we even, th- I think we even got started That's talking. how we got started talking. I put a Facebook post up about wanting to know how many people out there would have support with going to the game commission about maybe having a training season. You know, I would just be over the moon if we had one month in the summer to just train our dogs. Yeah. I mean, and, that's similar to New York. New York's got two months, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's July and August. If if I'm going to ask for something, I don't want to ask for everything at once, you know, just, just training season. That's all I would like to have. And 
And I put this post out there, and of course you commented to me or messaged me, and I think that's kind of how it all kicked off. And And so for anybody that's not aware, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, it's not up to the Game Commission at this point. In order for us to gain anything as far as bear hunting with hounds, it's a legislative issue. So we have to go through the legislator, get the legislator to approve the use of hounds for bears, and then at that point it would be a Game Commission issue. Because the Game Commission at this point, their hands are tied. Right. The only way they are allowed to use hounds is if it's a problem bear. Correct. A nuisance bear, and there's a list you can get on. I got myself on the list, but, and mm-hmm. uh, I never had a phone call about it. Yeah. I, I think the game commission just traps them out. I think and, they trap most of their problem bears. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you informed me about the legislative issue, which I didn't even know anything about. I thought it was just a game commission, like, hey, let's go yeah. get a group of us and try to talk to these people. and. Mm-hmm. I guess I was wised up, so at least you know. I know there's a lot of other podcasts out there that get real political, and I try not to. But you're, if you're Pennsylvania Hounds, and we we really do need to band together and do a better job of trying to represent ourselves as a collective group. Yeah, um, that's everybody. Even I mean, that's know, across the states. But I'm saying for us particularly, just because it's it hits home a little bit more for us because we're both Pennsylvania residents that both like to run bears, and it's like. What do we do? Yeah. Take a drive. Yep. You know, you, you just learn that five hours is what you're going to drive if you're going <laughs> to, if you want to go see Yogi. Yep. So, yeah. But uh, I think that even as you and I talked earlier today, it would be cool to get a group together of some sort in our state with all dog hunters, like just yeah. every dog. Like, I don't care if you run upland birds or mm-hmm. waterfowl or, you know, coon hunter or, any kind of dog, uh, you know, squirrel dog, whatever, just everybody get together and try to join because, you know, numbers speak volume. Yeah. But uh, we'll see if it's ever in the cards, but definitely it would be, it would be neat. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of other states have some cool stuff going on like that. And oh, yeah. And I mean, we have some smaller organizations, but they're for their select groups. You've got a night hunters, you've got the fox and coyote hunters, you've got some beagle federations, and they kind of, they kind of work together. I'm not going to say they don't. And I went to the last meeting they had with the Game Commission, which was in 19 before all the COVID crap. So I'm not knocking anything that they're doing. It's just it would be nice to have one big collective voice. Yes, it would be tremendous. But because like, I think it would just it would definitely have more weight with the you know with the legislator if, if we had a large organization. There's some other states like Michigan, Virginia, Wisconsin that have these big organizations that really do that and, and it shows they do well with it they, i mean they're they're known mm-hmm. in the capital you know yeah and that's that's pretty cool I, I really hope that maybe one day we get that way but like you said you don't try to get too political so we don't have to harp <laughs> on that all day you know yeah, but um definitely not but yeah it's, it would be neat and i hope if anybody does you know just happen to hear us two talk maybe they'll they'll think about that and yeah it would be cool it would be really cool gonna take people stepping up to to put the work in and i mean that's what it's gonna boil down to and i and i've talked to some of the older guys that have like i said that are running the beagle federate these beagle federations and the fox and coyotes and the night hunters and stuff and it's just they're getting tired yeah they've been doing it for years and it's mostly older gentlemen because you know it's hard to get younger folks that want to get involved in that and and see that side of things and you know running a club is you like your vice president of your your club there it's a lot of work, you know, it's yeah. a lot of work. And to get younger people to have 
time and and devote everything to doing that with families and doing their normal jobs and everything else it's just tough it's it's that way with a lot of clubs i don't care what kind of club it is yeah you don't see younger generation taking in like they used to you know Mm -hmm. and uh you know you you can't fault these older older people these older heads of clubs for not wanting to push they fought their fight you know and definitely it's it's going to take one day people like yourself and i and the other you know, good people that we have to hopefully step in and say, like, here, we'll help out, you know, and mm-hmm. and I'm guilty of it. I, I don't help out. There's no real clubs real close to me to go help out that I, I could do, but I, I definitely. Yeah, the closest club to or as far as the Coon Hunters Club. Darlington, I think. Yeah, which it's now in uh, Whiteford. Whiteford? Oh, well, Whiteford's not too terribly far, but. Because yeah, they, they sold their clubhouse. Oh, I thought it was still down Darlington, which is an hour 20 drive for me so you know it's hard for me to do that and be at work at four in the morning you know so i need to look into doing that myself so i'm kind of being hypocritical really when i say that but no but i mean you're we've talked about the last few days we know know, we know kind of where we need to be as far as a as a state and it's it's just hard as we say that we need to do this it's hard for two guys to be like yep let's do it yeah right especially when we like you said we've got lives we've got family you've got jobs you know you've got other obligations so it's going to take a group that's going to all say let's do this and kind of split it right i think if you had 20 guys that would be a heck of a start wouldn't it and and you just get together and and everybody lays out some minutes of what they all Mm. would like to see we're we're also a big state right we're huge i mean we have what seven hundred fifty thousand hunters in this state and to go from one corner the bottom corner to the top you know from one corner to the other corner is like you're, you're looking at a six eight hour drive right absolutely so it's not like we're not as big as the western states i understand <laughs> yeah don't don't, but, don't but, say too much you get them guys but pay, uh, on the east coast we are a big state correct we are and to trying to get us all together especially just to get something going yeah it would uh it would be it's gonna be a an uphill hmm. uphill deal but <clears throat> maybe we'll see it i mean yeah. i i really i really hope to i mean i've got Two little boys for anybody that follows me on social media, they see, especially my older one, more than anything, just because he's he's five and he's kind of getting into the dogs and stuff. So next year he's coming bobcat hunting, right? I don't know. <laughs> I would like to get him out bear hunting though. That would be um, awesome. I hope so. Virginia, he could kill one. Uh, Six. <laughs> I I got him a BB gun. He just got a BB gun for his fifth birthday. So we're gonna and start with that. And it's still it's still a little big for him. Like he's just he's not a big kid. Yeah. So even the BB guns a is big yeah, yeah so like he's got his arm over the stock because he can't like hold the stock in his shoulder <laughs> so i'm like i'm not gonna try and get you to shoot a real gun until you're got a little more size to you a little bit a little bit to him yeah actually uh when you're on the subject of small kids and and hunting bear i was pretty fortunate two years ago uh i was hunting down in virginia and it was with this little boy um his dad took him his dad's a real good houndsman and he was six years old, and he shot his first bear, and yeah. he was, like, over the moon, and it was, like, the coolest thing. It's like, that—that that is what yeah. drives, like, everything. Like, there's the young generation. I mean, that's what's so cool about taking a kid hunting is seeing that smile. I don't care if it's fishing or hunting, like, or just in the outdoors in general. You know, we seen yesterday, we came up here to the camp, and I said, did you ever see any elk before? 
no, I hadn't. I said, so I guess you haven't seen any in Pennsylvania. And you're <laughs> no. like, no. And then like half hour later down the road, I'm like, hey, there's three elk standing. Yeah, right next to the road. And, and, and it was cool for you to see your first one. And you sent the picture home to yeah. your son, and he was asking about it. And yep. So that's that's really cool, you know. It's it's awesome to see the youth get so excited about hunting. And, and I think that's something else that needs to be not forgotten, and, and especially with the hounds, because you and I aren't generational houndsmen. Yeah. It would be cool to you know, to help kids and get kids like your kids to get involved in it and, and keep this sport that we love, just keep it, keep it going. That's like my Coon Hunters Club, for example. Um, There's, I don't know, there's like eight, nine of like regular members. As far as all the younger guys, most of us are not generational houndsmen. Most of us have gotten into this as adults, but we all have younger kids. So we're all trying to, you know, keep this Coon Hunters Club alive just because in 10 years, we're going to have a bunch of youth hunters It'll be before 10 years, but like in 10, 15 years, our kids are all going to be like early 20s, you know, running and, this club. And hoping they're running the club for you and keeping the club yeah. going. Yeah. I just think it's cool. Like you see the smile on a child's face when you take them hunting or fishing. And, you know, what kid doesn't really like a dog? And when they see yeah. a dog and they see a bear for the most likely their first time in their life and they're looking at this bear or looking at this raccoon or looking at a porcupine if you're my case you probably see one of pork my, my dogs are probably showing a porcupine but they're seeing an animal that they probably have never seen and they're yep. seeing and they're they're around dogs seeing bark dogs happy and barking and carrying one like it, it's so cool for the kid like it's just awesome and you, you see you know people on facebook how they're houndsmen and they have their their kids on a in a backpack basically and yeah my, i took my kid to their first bear tree and they're like yeah two years old or now, 18 I, months old or something so a guy i know in west virginia his his oldest daughter she's killed two bears and she's like seven that is so cool eight, it's like, like so that. cool and then he's got a baby that's i don't know 18 months two years old now she was like two weeks old <laughs> she's seen a bear and they they carried her into a bear tree just because like where it was like his his wife had went with him and they dogs treat pretty close. That you know, is it was, so I cool. mean, it was a training season, so yeah. it wasn't like it was killed or anything, but just. But it's cool, just the family. The, there's mm-hmm. some family value to all hunting, isn't there? Exactly. I I just hope that the youth does take to this and gets away from the video games and the computers and sitting inside and stuff. Like, we can maybe get our next generation, even though I don't have children, like me to take a kid or, yeah. like, I, I'm looking for a kid to take down to Virginia bear hunting for the for the uh, youth season next yeah. year, I, I'm really looking to find a kid to take down there and get a bear. And I just yep. think it would be, that would be probably the highlight of my yeah. hunting career would be taking them and yep. seeing a, seeing a kid do that. Like that would be just amazing. I took some young boys, uh, coon hunting before like f- maybe three years ago, four years, right when I got into it and they, and they got a coon and they just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And that little boy, I took him, Maybe like three nights in a row, is he's asking his mom and dad, like, "Hey, can I stay off school, or <laughs> you know, because I'm gonna be out all night?" And and yeah. luckily enough, he's my best friend, and he's like, "Yeah, I guess they have a farm, so they're farmers, so they kind of make him work then around the farm, you know, the next day if he's gonna stay off." But yeah, it was it was real real cool to take a kid and and see that and see yeah. little kids smiles on their faces. Like right, so. Charlie gets mad at me when I go during the week. A lot of times I gotta wait. Until he goes to bed to even, like, I'll like, be, like, talking to my wife behind his back. Be like, hey, I'm going to hunt tonight. Like, is that all right? She's like, yeah. And it's like, we don't say nothing because he gets mad. He goes, can I go? And I'm like, no, you got to wake up at 5 tomorrow morning or 5.30 to go to daycare at 6. Like, because my, my wife's work schedule and mine. So it's like, you are not going to, I'm not keeping you out 
till 10 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock, and then trying to get you up at 5.30. And then hearing the teacher say, Charles just really grumpy today. Falling asleep yeah. during, during daycare. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. But, uh, yeah, so I don't really know where we got off on that about just taking kids on. Of it. Yeah, just taking <laughs> kids on. In. But, yeah, it was. It's it's definitely something I hope people really try to um, do, you know? Yeah. I think it would be real cool. So, No, definitely. And I, at some point, you know, we'll definitely get him out here, Bobcat. Um, yeah, I, I would love to, love to get him up here and take him, and maybe we can make a youth weekend. We'll find some kids and have a youth weekend. Right? I think it would be a lot of fun. If anybody hears this and next year wants to <laughs> have some youth that want to take Bobcat hunting, we'll make a weekend of it. Now that we have bobcat dogs, like we're we're just we're giving right. it, we're giving it the college trial here. We'll show them a bobcat track. That's a good start for them. <laughs> They'll be able to identify a bobcat track yeah. between that and a coyote and a deer feeder. <laughs> um, whoops! I saw a few deer and a deer eating out of a deer feeder in the front yard. And uh, I'm just busting on Ben a little bit. I had to see the track on his side of the road. But at the same point, you thought the bobcat track was a, was a deer track. You did you did straighten me out on that. I said, "Oh, deer," and we just keep on driving. Whoa, 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 whoa! There's something interesting <laughs> I'm here. I'm like, "Hang on, let me open my door." <laughs> you looked out your door, and, I'm, and you're like, "Oh, that's a deer," and you kept on rolling. I'm like, "Whoa, hang on." <laughs> yeah, well, my dogs don't know what a bobcat is, and I don't either. Apparently, <laughs> I was deer hunting at the moment, probably as much as my dogs were thinking about it. So, oh, well. yeah, I'm just glad we didn't have like porcupine. Porcupine or an elk race? Oh, an elk race. Could you imagine an elk race? No. <laughs> that would suck. Them poor guys out west. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, yeah, my dogs are in the next county. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, that would suck. Because my dog's never seen it or smelled an elk or a porcupine. So that's what my concern was. Yeah, well, thankfully, we made it through, a, you know, 24 hours or whatever of hunting and didn't have to deal with that. Especially after your first weekend, I was I was nervous. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't even told you the horror story. That was my worst horror story, I think, next to the dog coming out of the tree. Like, you don't even know what to do. I'm, like, bummed. I go for surgery next week. My legs don't really work. And here's a porcupine coming out of a pipe. And the dog's, one has it bayed. The other one's trying to eat it. The other one is trying to eat it when the other one's not eating it. And it's <laughs> like, what do you do? You grab one dog and the other two go to attack it. All you want to do is shoot the porcupine or stomp on it, and you know you're going to be quilled. And yeah, it's just, it is a train wreck. And yeah, I had that happen with a skunk one time. Oh, I was trying, to, I was trying to catch the dog, and he's like fully committed to trying to kill this thing. But at the same point, he's not a good kill dog, <laughs> and so he would grab it and then jump back and start baying it. And it's just like trying to get this dog off this half mauled skunk oh god it's already sprayed him in the face it, the whole area stinks oh it was a mess i'm <sighs> glad that was i would not, think that was, was quite a while ago but worse than a porcupine truthfully like a porcupine yeah it involved a vet trip and holding some dogs down with some pliers and i'll tell you you didn't know a hound's lip would stretch so far as it does until you get a hold of <laughs> a quill in their lip and uh yeah, skunk. Oh my gosh, I would don't know how you weren't gagging and throwing up, and I was doing my best not to. Oh my goodness, my eyes were burning. Yeah, I can only imagine. Oh, and what would? And this was before. I, I guess alphas were around, but they were fairly new, so I didn't have an alpha. Well, heck, they might not have been around yet. I don't know. This was eight, ten years ago. I, this, this was early in my my hunting with dogs, because that dog was he was the second dog I had. You know, all I had was Alpha 
or a Garmin 220 with a DC 30 collar. So, like, I don't have no shock collar on this dog. <laughs> what you do know? you do besides holler at that point? I'm hollering like, at him, trying to trying to get him, trying not to get sprayed. <laughs> yeah, I think if that would happen, like, right off the bat in my hunting career with dogs, I don't know that I'd be hunting dogs anymore because them <laughs> things are hard. I actually told you today about me getting a, flipping a Jeep over when I was yeah. younger. So this is a very, very, very honest, true story. I was left my neighbor's house where I at my parents, you know, and I was driving back home, and I knew this skunk was laying dead in the road, and there's like a six foot bank on the left side of the road, and I don't even know what I was doing, a little Jeep pickup truck, and I just like seen it and like just cut the wheel. I guess you're 16 years old, you don't really realize how fast a car reacts when you just yank the wheel, hit the gutter in the at the bank, rode up the bank. Next thing I know, the Jeep's on its lid, and <laughs> I still smell this stupid skunk. And like, my dad's like, what did you do? You know, he's pissed. And I was like, I swerved to miss that skunk. He's like, no, you didn't. I was like, yeah, I actually did swerve to miss that skunk and rolled this truck. He was not too impressed. He was probably ready to kill me. Yeah, he was not very impressed. Granted, it was my own truck, but he was still really not impressed with me. And maybe that's where my hatred for skunks comes from. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, that was... Well, we've been rambling cool. on about for about an hour, and uh, we got some other stuff to get done tonight. So, yeah, go get some dinner. Yeah, we gotta get something to eat and whatnot. But I appreciate you for coming up and, no, and doing this with me. me. And uh, we're gonna try to make it happen at some point. Yeah, and like I said, if if next next January we there's any youth around that would like to like to go along up here from local area down southern end of Pennsylvania or yeah. wherever, be cool to cool to bring them up. Definitely. So. Alrighty. Alright, thank you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.